Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the recap episode of the Death of Vanilla podcast. And we do this every once in a while after we kind of have a large grouping of guests on our show. So that way we can kind of go through and give you some highlights. So just in case you're kind of hopping on board right now, that you're able to find out about some of the cool guests and some of the topics that they covered. So if you want to, you can run back and watch the episode. And we'll have links in the comments below. So that way you guys can go through and find their episodes and watch them. So first on the list is Steve Boyle, and he was really cool because he's done a lot more traditional marketing, and we've kind of been, not like anti-traditional marketing, but just understanding that a lot of people are really trapped in that kind of marketing in the sense that they are really fearful and unsure about trying something new. And so, so Steve works inside of a company that does conferences, believe it or not, for the marketing. It's a huge moneymaker. It does a great uh, he doesn't do Snapchats. He doesn't do TikToks. They don't do Facebook ads. They barely do email newsletters. And uh, and so what's crazy is that's something that's kind of traditional that, um, to be honest, because of COVID has really taken a big hit. But he um, has some ideas on how to really jazz up the virtual experience so that way when companies who are maybe stuck doing virtual because of, of health concerns or really just in the future having the option to do physical or virtual or both can have an experience that is still top-notch and still makes you feel included. So I'd be kind of curious what some of your takeaways were on his episode. I thought Steve was super cool because he talked about those like big Zoom calls that they had to go to during COVID and they'd had like a couple hundred people attend those Zoom calls. And I'm pretty sure they reached out to those people because they just had relationships with those clients that they have built over the years, which is more like traditional marketing, building that relationship and making, and I think he mentioned they work towards making relationships that last rather than using the short time. We have a sale now because then they're only there for the sale. Then once the sale is gone, they're going to leave. Right. So they're working on building those relationships. So that way it's a longer client and they're both more profitable. And it's not just the one. Right. So one thing that Steve talked about as a technique to make people feel included in these conferences was, uh, they had shipped boxes of like swag to the people Mm -hmm. attending the event. So then the people at the event were wearing like the t-shirts or the hats or name tags and so when people would see each other in like the chat rooms, they all looked like they were in the same place as opposed yeah. to just like Joe who was in his, you know, back bedroom wearing mm-hmm. his pajamas and no pants, right? And so this was a way to be able to get the people to feel included and feel like they were actually part of the big event that they were part of. So we talked to Phil Palin and Phil is a really big marketer and he has, uh, we'll shout out his uh, podcast really fast. It's Brand Therapy. You should go give it a listen. It's super good. But he basically talked about how he worked on establishing his presence online and how he worked towards, I believe he's at 20,000 on Instagram right now, actually. Mm -hmm. But he talked about how um, getting that following wasn't an overnight occurrence. Like it took him years and years to build up that following and have really good engagement. And he said that once he had that really good engagement, that companies were reaching out to him to pay him. So that way they would do, he could do ads for them and stuff. So I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think another thing that really blew my mind about what Phil does is, and we talked about this on the episode Mm -hmm. is he has a personal brand, but, and it does have pictures of him. But it's not like the traditional look and feel that I see when I see a, 
uh, a personal brand, which is that it's all about him, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's tough because it's a personal brand um, that also happens to be his business. And so one thing that he had, he reiterated over and over again in his podcast, which if you want to listen, he dives in much more deeper than we're going to cover, uh, which is that it is all about the customer and what benefits the customers. Even though it's a personal brand, at the end of the day, he's there to deliver value to the customer and and that's it right so even with his instagram game um you know he's putting value out there for his audience and he knows that not all of his audience is going to be the, the future clients but it's still about just bringing that value over and over and over again even if it's just like a little micro piece of content that is uh going to help someone in their marketing for their business even if it's a business that will never work for him and i thought that was really cool um very like humble in a sense that like mm -hmm. he could be talking about himself more, but he just found that not only does that not really fit him as a person, because uh, he's a humble guy, but uh, also it's just not bringing the benefit to the end consumer, and that's why he's in business. Yeah. I mean, how are you supposed to make any sort of money if you're not giving the consumer what they want, you know? It's true. It's true. So off to uh, Ashley Hughes. So Ashley is a little bit of a wild card, I feel like, in this group, mm -hmm. um, partially because um, like Steve, she kind of works for someone else, but she's done a great job of innovating and being able to do uh, really just different, even personal branding stuff inside of the businesses she's a part of. So what really stood out to you on her interview? She mentioned a lot that when she first started out in marketing, she didn't really like it because she couldn't really, she didn't have much creative freedom. Mm. She said that once she started working for a different company, not only did they encourage her to build her personal brand, but they also like taught her how to do, how to build her personal brand. So that way, and she mentioned that not only did it help her as a person, it helped the company because then the company's name was getting out there and she was talking very highly of them because they were giving her so much support and backup. So it's definitely something for companies to look at when they're talking to their employees. Like, hey, we want to encourage you. We want to make you feel welcome. We want to make you feel like you have this creative freedom to do what marketers should be able to do. Totally. And, yeah, and, and obviously there are some industries where that's a bit more challenging to do. Like the company she works for isn't offering legal advice. Mm -hmm. They're not, uh, you know, doing a diagnosis on sickness or some sort of illness or something like that, where like what they say could have some serious legal implications. Um, and so I understand that obviously there'll be some businesses where that doesn't work as well for, but that was really cool to see that there was a business that wasn't insecure in the fact that mm -hmm. they were trying to like manage the influence that their employees had, that they actually wanted them to grow and it only benefited them more, like you said. So that was pretty amazing. And so this next interview I'm super excited about because this is like the first in-person interview that we had done in forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the location was very generously uh, offered to us by the Grand, which is in uh, downtown Phoenix, where we live. And so Dominic uh, Ramirez is a a really forward-thinking real estate agent, and we had such a great conversation with him. Definitely check it out, especially if you're a real estate agent. Um, a lot of his stuff is really specific for him, but his mindset is really something that everyone can grab something a part of. So, what was your like top two things that you heard from him? He, when he started doing his online presence and establishing it, he wanted to make sure it was authentic to him because he didn't want to be like every other realtor out there and post the videos with the 
regular music in the background. He said he really wanted it to be like him. So I forget which music artist he mentioned. He did. It was like old school rap. Mm-hmm. So I want to say it was like, I don't know. <laughs> All I know is that it was like old school, like old school even for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like super old, right? So. But I think by doing that, he made it more authentic to him. And he said his clients really liked that. Like, they weren't scared away, didn't think it was unprofessional. They thought it was cool that he was being himself and putting himself out there and showing these awesome houses. Like, he was still displaying the houses, like, regular, but he was yeah. putting it in a way that was very him. And he said that also while he was working towards creating his online presence, he took the initiative to learn video editing. He made sure that that was, because he said that was really important to him to know how to do that so that way he could be posting these videos and he could be making more revenue. He knew it was going to take time to learn to video edit, but he still did it because he knew in the end game it was going to be profitable to him. Yeah, and I think that's amazing. I think that's something a lot of people can take away Mm -hmm. from is just this idea of playing the long game. And so obviously right now, specifically with the housing market, it's super hot. And I know a lot of people say it's not going to cool down for a long time, but the reality is, is, is what's going to happen if the market stays hot? You're going to have even more real estate agents right. than you already have. And from what I've heard, most real estate agents don't sell a house like ever, or they sell mm-hmm. one a year. And so uh, the, the majority of the homes go to a very small minority of people. And to get into that minority crowd, you're going to have to do something, which is build that personal brand, have your own presence, be able to generate your own leads so you're not constantly relying on a a group to bring them into you. Um, So that way you define yourself and stand out. And obviously our podcast is all about standing out, you know, getting noticed so you don't get ignored. And he is the epitome of that, where he has done things and accepted even things about himself, his his Latin heritage, his love of hip hop like you brought up, um, technically old school rap, um, that define him and set him apart as an individual and I think that's incredible and that was very inspiring and very cool mm-hmm. um, the next person we're going to talk about is Johnny Savage and Johnny was super cool because he kind of talked about marketing in construction which I didn't even know was like a thing I just thought people <laughs> like needed construction right. but he said it's a super huge industry that people are totally missing out on so I don't know what you thought about that interview well so the thing that I loved about is Usually we're talking very much about like tactics, like Mm -hmm. how do you run a Facebook ad that works or how do you position yourself as a personal brand that works? But he had really taken things back to what really everyone in social media should be getting back to, which is building relationships. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that's really huge on his thing. And social media gives us the opportunity to scale building relationships, but it's... Um, and it's not simply a, just a distribution platform. It's not just to go post pictures on. It's to post pictures so that people like or comment. So then you build a relationship with yeah. them. And he um, he talks a little bit about in the episode what he does to keep engaged with the people that are following him. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, sometimes I can really like discredit a like because I think, oh, like it's not a comment, so they're not really interested. Well, that's mm-hmm. not how he approaches things. And so uh, go watch the episode. He does a great job of really unpacking how he builds relationships with people. And uh, if you ever follow Grant Cardone, your network is your net worth. Mm-hmm. Or um, actually, that may not be him. But I do know he says that uh, contacts equal contracts. That's for sure oh, yeah. a Grant Cardone phrase. So... Having more people they have relationships with is not only fun, mm-hmm. like I've enjoyed all the relationships that we built, um, but they are literally more profitable and that's yeah. why 
he's in the job he's is <laughs> to get more profit for his business so that was really really cool so did you have anything else to add to that as far as things that really stood out to you no i think he was a super cool guy definitely go yeah. check out that interview yeah he was super nice next up richard barnowski i think i said that right <laughs> so i'm just a super white dude so what can i say um and so he was he started his business in the middle of a pandemic pretty crazy and really what caught my eye is, is he had some really good consistent branding um, it, was, it was a little edgy it was fun it was helpful uh, really caught my eye and that's why I reached out to him to begin with um, but as far as stuff that he laid out in the interview what did you really enjoy uh, I thought it was super cool I think from the very beginning as soon as you mentioned that he started his business in the middle of the pandemic, which is just amazing because so many businesses were shutting down during this time. Like, even now, businesses are still shutting down. So the able that he was able to start his business in the middle of the pandemic and keep growing yeah. during the pandemic and be profitable enough to continue after the pandemic is just so amazing. So I would definitely check out that interview to learn how your business can do that too. Because, right. I mean, who wouldn't want to be profitable like that? Yeah, he's just... He was a really cool guy, and he just did a really good job of like laying out, um, you know, how you can innovate and grow, and just really position yourself well. And he, he did a great job of that. Um, and it, yeah, it was just a really enjoyable interview to listen to. He's a really cool guy, and so definitely check him out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So next up on the list is Daniel Richards. Uh, he was. He was. He was a funny guy. He was. I feel like he's like one of those guys that he can make you feel really stupid if he wanted to because he's super smart. Oh, yeah. Like every time he talked, it was like the right words and just like, he mm-hmm. did, I don't know, you could just like get that feeling from him. Not only was he just super smart, but he had some really great references he pulled mm-hmm. from like Aristotle uh, to be able to talk about really how people build trust with you. Uh, when you're looking to build relationships, um, you'll have to watch the episode to see. But uh, yeah, he pulled some quotes from Aristotle, which I thought was really, really cool. And um, as book learned as I am, <laughs> he beat me on that one. Um, so yeah, so what 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 did you find super helpful? Because his his episode was packed full of goodness. So what what did you really come away with? Um, oh my gosh, there's so much in there to unpack. I think one thing that stood out to me, which is probably off topic, but I thought he was super, he was a super fun guy because in the beginning, I think he had like Star Wars posters or something like that. Oh yeah, like all over the place. Oh my gosh, it was super cool. But I think he brought a lot of insight towards like marketing kind of on the political side almost, Mm -hmm. which I thought was super interesting because I've never quite thought about that, but he brought in some tactics on how they did that and how they were able to reach the most amount of people. So I would go check that interview out. Mm -hmm. And I think as, um, if you're a marketer inside of a company, um, you are often talking to experts, especially in in his particular field, he's talking to like lawyers and people who are judges. I mean, we're talking about like super smart people. And so sometimes people can be too smart for their own good, where they have a, they actually, it's, it's challenging for them to talk at a normal human level because their peers 
and the conversations they have are just so upper level that when they dumb things down, if you will, it's still like too much. Yeah. And so uh, for people who are being introduced by like, like we're talking about content marketing mm-hmm. here, we're talking about marketing that's getting people into the funnel so they can educate them and encourage them to learn more about the pol- uh, political system, the, the law system here in America. And, and so you've got to have something introductory level. And so he did, he did a really good job of explaining how he, even just as a, like a producer, if you will, of these shoots, talk people that they're interviewing through a little bit of a process so that they can actually deliver the content they need to, because the people that they're interviewing are, you know, very busy people. Um, the people that just don't have a lot of time to give. And so that you want to squeeze all the juice out of it, you can. And so for those of you who are marketers, who are maybe talking to your CEO, some of the other, uh, you know, uh, C-level suite people or people outside of the business um, to be able to take some of the tactics that he laid out to be able to talk these people through things that they can deliver content and value that normal human beings can actually consume was super value. And I know I, I really appreciated that. The next guy we're going to talk about is kind of a celebrity, Pierre Nazy. <laughs> right, true. Eric Walters with Tap That AZ. And Taste of AZ, now he's expanding. Mm-hmm. So he was a super cool dude. That was another in-person interview that I was very happy to be doing. Uh, just because, you know, we got all these cameras. Yeah. We're only using one right now, but we got all these cameras. And so it's like, we want to be able to actually use them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more fun. And there's just that, like chemistry vibe of just being in person. Uh, and so him and I got to sit down at the most wonderful place called Simple Machine Brewing. It's a brewing place out here in Phoenix up by Deer Valley Airport. Uh, so thank you out to them for uh, hosting the, the spot. Uh, but yeah, so he just did a really good job. I felt like it was just like another great lesson in relationship building. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you thought. I thought it was super cool. He... He kind of talked about, took us through his journey a little bit too, which was super interesting because I feel like a lot of people go through this journey of finding what they want to do in life. And he took us through that and how he got to where he was and how he met this guy and how he built those relationships to get to where he is, to be one of the biggest podcasts in Arizona, which I just thought was super amazing because it it was definitely different from all the other interviews we've ever done before, Mm -hmm. which I really liked about him. Yeah, he's like, I, I joked with him that people that accidentally do the right thing annoy me, and it turns out he is one of those guys, and, <laughs> and I mean that in the most loving way, that like, he just like, just did the right stuff as he was growing his business, and now that he's built his audience and his following, now he has people who are like more business-minded, since he's more like art, artistic-minded. Uh, to be able to like uh, monetize what he's built, but he's built something incredible and something that I know in Arizona is super important. Um, the like the microbrewing and craft brewing industry mm-hmm. in Arizona is growing. It's large. It's going to continue to grow. And now that he's branched into Taste of mm-hmm. AZ, uh, the restaurant industry that has obviously been hit so hard, just like everywhere else. Um, with COVID um, is trying to recover and so he's been doing a really good job not necessarily for that reason specifically but just Mm -hmm. the byproduct of his platform to be able to give exposure and talk about the stories of the people who are you know in the kitchens making things or in the breweries brewing things Uh, I don't know what Mm -hmm. else to call it Um, it's like a freaking science but I just thought it was really cool and he's just a super nice guy he is he's super cool yeah we've been really lucky that way We've, we've 
We haven't really met anyone else. I mean, yeah. So, good stuff. Sweet. Uh, Jordan Pallison. She was lovely, and <laughs> mm-hmm. thanks to her, uh, she was she did her podcast with us in the middle of a move. She literally had people doing work on her brand new house while we we're doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really nice of her. But uh, she uh, has a long history in PR, uh, which I would say most people find to be a little intimidating, uh, a little overwhelming, and. Um, and these are all assumptions, right? Like you, you like, Oh, like I'd love to have my business on entrepreneur magazine. And then you read a couple articles about how hard that is and how many, um, applications their editors get, uh, you know, daily Mm -hmm. thousands, you know, it's just like, Oh, it's a freaking impossible. And so she was able to kind of demystify some of that, uh, answer some of the, uh, concerns, and assumptions I had been making. And so I thought what she brought to the table as far as a PR perspective was super new and fresh since I know like literally nothing about it. So what was your takeaway from that? Uh, She was really big on relationship building and I thought she brought some really good insight on easy ways to do that honestly because she talked about how you will have those magazines come out and then they will have the writers in there, not the writer of the overall magazine with those Mm -hmm. smaller writers and she said that ways to build like little connections here and there and eventually build a bunch of connections is just to like send them an email Mm -hmm. like mentioning oh hey I really like this article you wrote or hey like check this out or hey something and then now you're building this relationship with this person who's featured in this magazine who has like credibility because they're in this credible magazine yeah so now that's building your credibility by knowing people and slowly you're building these relationships so that way maybe Wednesday you're the magazine and then you have that credibility which I thought was super cool because I've never thought of that in a million years right well it was just really cool too like just like she did a really good job of just explaining the fact that he has a long-term game right like you don't have a relationship with someone overnight um, and I feel like people are kind of used to that not necessarily relationship overnight but like I can wake up tomorrow and run a Facebook ad yeah like immediately and get something from it right um, you cannot send someone an email and all of a sudden they'll offer you a spot in the magazine like maybe if like the universe aligns in the most perfect ways but for the most part like that's never gonna happen you know it's gonna take months of building even when she said that like you get your stuff in a magazine either as an ad or as a contributor it still could be three months before uh, the articles in the actual magazine physically in your hands or, or digitally online and so it's a long game but at the same time when you look at it like social media credibility is like down here And like everything else is up here, right? So you've got to put in like 30 times the work in the social media to build credibility that you can get in like an article. Um, and she, she, she mentioned a couple other things uh, that I'll tease you with, <laughs> like uh, having, no, not putting your stuff in like really mainstream magazines, really big name magazines, but there's other options and those other options can actually be easier and more profitable and just as credible for you. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely go watch that episode. It was amazing. It was. And finally. Steve Feld. Boom. Super cool guy. Mm-hmm. So Steve talked a little bit about how during COVID, a lot of businesses lost a lot of money. And Steve's a business coach. So he talked about how he was able to help these businesses increase their revenue, even though they were losing it. So he talked about uh, this tattoo shop, which I thought was super cool. And he said that during the pandemic, you have to close. Like, 
they could not have a tattoo shop open. And so he said, well, do you have clients? And he was like, yeah, I have clients. And he goes, well, do you have like reoccurring clients? And he's like, yeah, I have reoccurring clients. And he was like, well, why are you going to their houses? Or why are you calling them? Like, why aren't you seeing what you can do? And he was like, oh, I thought about that. So he was going, he was traveling from house to house. And he said that he was crazy busy because people aren't doing anything in the middle of pandemic. And Busier I bet, than when they have their shop open. Yeah. And I bet nobody else is like, no, their tattoo shops are doing that. So if you're the only tattoo shop in town traveling from house to house, you're going to be busy and you're making a lot of money. And he said, so he started off with the most common clients and then he went to contacting other clients that weren't as common, but still. Right. No, I I thought it was amazing. And I think that's such a great example of like, like when we talk about innovation, we're really talking about it from like a marketing perspective, which is Mm -hmm. like client facing. Right. So it's innovating on maybe like how you're uh, displaying your message. Uh, For example, what I mean is like uh, displaying on Facebook as opposed to TikTok or, Mm -hmm. you know, Snapchat or WhatsApp. Those are different like kind of display means of getting your message out there that you can innovate on. What he is really talking about is innovating inside of the business and getting new ideas and new ways of doing things happening at like an internal level because that informs the external, right? And so if you don't have anything new and interesting and good going on on the inside, you're not going to produce content that's wild and crazy and amazing Mm -hmm. because it's not coming from a place of of freshness. And so I thought that was really good that he was able to really talk about that and what he does inside of a business for a business like a tattoo shop where now, like you mentioned, now they have their shop open again, but now they're also doing in-home stuff, Mm -hmm. which I imagine is not as convenient but sure is nice to have the extra revenue, yeah. right? And have that booming client list. And it's a primo service, so they could probably charge more. I mean, there's so many opportunities there. And I think he just does a good job of helping people see the, op- the hidden opportunities that they can't see for themselves. And so that was a really great episode. I definitely recommend listening to that. It's just a good way of like experiencing some of the ways that he thinks through things mm-hmm. that might actually help you come up with new interesting ways of uh, making revenue. If not, reach out to him because he can help you. Yeah. <laughs> so, sweet. Okay, well, that is all we got for today. Um, that's a lot. It's 10 different episodes. So, like I mentioned before, we're going to have them in the comments below so that you can go check out their full-length episodes. Um, definitely keep an eye out. We're going to be posting recaps of um, our podcast as we go. So, in you know another couple episodes, mm-hmm. um, probably another five to ten, we'll do another recap episode. Um, that that way, you guys can get just like a little get a little nugget of info on what these are about. So if it if it fits what you're doing, if it fits what you need, you can go check it out. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for watching the Death to Vanilla Show, and have a good one. <laughs>